Hi, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine. Tuesday afternoon at 5 at 5, which means I take five questions from people that either talk to me or call in or email their questions in every Tuesday afternoon at 5 to 5.30 whenever I finish with my last patient. So today we're going to hopefully answer a few questions. Let's see here what they are. Okay, question number one over here on the screen. What type of sourdough bread do you recommend? That's a good question. I love sourdough bread because it's a lot lower in the glycemic index than either white or wheat bread, or certainly you want to avoid rye bread um, because of the um, amount of glutens in it. But I like a good organic with no preservatives sourdough bread that I actually buy at the farmer's market. I can't tell you who makes it because every time I go to a different farmer's market, somebody has some. But, uh, you know, it's it's real thick, so I thin slice it because there's still carbs and calories in it. But, you know, it seems because there's no yeast in it that it settles better on your stomach and it certainly um, shouldn't have glutens in it. There may be some in it, but for the most part, um, look for a gluten-free variety that has no preservatives that's made local. Um, I love sourdough bread when I eat bread, which is rarely, but I do slice it very thin. I do like the taste of it, so hope that helps. Um, question two, if you take vitamin D shots weekly, should you also be taking a daily vitamin D supplement? No, not really. If you're getting 50,000 units of D3 every week in a shot form, you should not need to take the vitamin D supplement orally. Uh, as a matter of fact, you could get too much vitamin D that's very rare, and usually it takes a long time to do this. So um, I recommend the weekly shots um, if you have a chronically low vitamin D, if you can't absorb the oral vitamin D, and you don't like taking the sublingual vitamin D, um, or if you get sick. Or certainly right now when COVID's around, you need to have a high vitamin D level so that you'll do better if you get COVID. It may even prevent COVID. You'll certainly do better if you have a high level of vitamin D in your bloodstream if you go in with COVID. Um, so I do like the vitamin D3 shots. Um, remember the vitamin D2 50,000 orally, that's D2. You need D3. Um, and we do the shots of D3 at our, all our offices and so if I get sick and I really feel bad, I go in and take a vitamin D3 shot, and it really perks me up a lot. Uh, but I also take D with K uh, every day. I take 5,000 of D with K every day. And I've been supplementing with a, a vitamin D3 shot every couple weeks or so anyway, just for COVID prophylaxis. So um, remember D3 and... If you're getting just the D3 shots, then you need to take vitamin K2 daily uh, by itself. Or if you just take the vitamin D with K that we have through Life Extension Vitamins. So I do like the D3 shots. The other re the way I use them is if you come in and you have a really low vitamin D level to get you built up quickly, I'll give you a, a D3 shot you know, weekly for about four weeks. Um, and at that point, you can probably take the oral too. But if you've already built your D3 levels up and, and they're good, you don't need both the weekly shot and the, the daily um, 5 to 10,000. So uh, great question. I love vitamin D3 shots, though, especially when you're sick. 
question three. Do you recommend Vitatrim as an immune booster in addition to the vitamins you're recommending during COVID? Um, yeah, I mean, I certainly like it. A lot of my patients have requested that they get a, Vita, a Vitatrim shot, which has mainly all the B vitamins, the methylated B vitamins in it. Uh, of course, we use it for energy and weight loss, but uh, certainly uh, the B vitamins are energy vitamins, and they've also been shown to be uh, immune boosters as well. So most of my patients, it makes them feel better and have energy, and therefore they're healthier. So I'm not against that at all. Um, matter of fact, if I'm getting sick, uh, I would take, I would really go high on the vitamin C. I'd get a vitamin B booster and a, and a 5,000 of, or 50,000 of D3. And remember, shots just work so much better and quicker than oral medications. And then the ultimate, of course, is IV vitamins, which we do every day. Um, and they really get into your cells 100% and can really turn things around quickly. So don't forget about the IV vitamin supplements. Um, all right, question four. What prostate supplements do you recommend and why? Um, you know, for men that have a little BPH and large prostate um, or that may be trying to prevent prostate cancer, um, you know, like me, I, I definitely take a prostate vitamin daily. Um, I like the one by Life Extension. I've tried a bunch of different ones um, because I do have a little BPH. Um, but, you know, it needs to have the whole gamut in it, lycopene. It needs beta-cestosterol. It needs zinc in it. It needs pumpkin seeds, stinging nettle root, uh, saw palmettos usually in there, although... Just pure saw palmetto as a DHT blocker is not that effective, I don't think, by itself uh, to reduce your prostate. So you need to hit it with all the, the vitamins. Certainly the Life Extension Prostate Supplements are a really good one. Um, and there are some other medicines we use for, for prostates like daily Cialis, um, uh, sometimes Flomax if you really can't pee at night you know you have a hard time starting to stream you have to go five times a night um, sometimes I'll recommend Flomax finasteride sometimes it has some side effects so I've kind of shot away from that unless sometimes I do is a real low dose for hair growth um, but the tends the higher dose for prostate tend to cause a lot of sexual side effects so and they can falsely reduce your PSA number two so I kind of Stay away from that for the most part. Sometimes I will use it, though. Um, so great question. Prostate health, very important. Um, question five. Can you talk about your body's response to antibiotics? The idea that if you take a lot of antibiotics, they don't work as well. Is that something you are worried about with COVID? Um, yeah, you know, you can develop a, a resistance to antibiotics, so certainly we don't want to overuse antibiotics like we've done for the last 30, 40 years. You know, we sometimes develop those superbugs that nothing works for, and then you they invent other antibiotics like uh, Cipro and Leviquin that are heavy hitters that can cause some side effects that I try to avoid unless I really need it. Um, but, um, you know, for... So you can develop resistance, um, 
and an overall resistance. I mean, if we use too many of them everywhere, they won't work anywhere. So you've got to be very selective about when you use antibiotics. Certainly for COVID, the two that I use are Z-Pak, Zithromax, and Doxycycline. Very effective. Probably both of them have some antiviral activity as well as um, antibacterial activity. So, um, and those are... Those are two, especially doxycycline, that we kind of use off-label for other things as well. Um, and it seems like with especially doxycycline, you don't develop that um, tolerance to them. So doxycycline we use as a maintenance drug in a lot of cases. And sometimes I'll even use it and find it useful for things like um, rheumatoid arthritis um, and uh, certain inflammatory conditions. So... Um, doxycycline is a really interesting antibiotic that has some off-label uses that, that we use. Sometimes I use it for chronic fatigue, uh, believe it or not, and sometimes it works. Um, a lot of times it works. But so, you know, I try not to overuse antibiotics. Um, and sometimes I think there was another part to that question um, uh, as far as... Well, I guess that was the last thing about that. They wanted me to talk about COVID a little bit longer. I've treated a lot of COVID in the last few months. Seems like I treat more every day. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of success with it if you catch it early. Um, I've even had to send some oxygen to a few houses and monitor their O2 saturation numbers and... Um, you know, so far, knock on wood, I've only had to send one to the hospital, and he did good probably because we treated early. But I treat with uh, a lot of different things depending on the situation. Um, but I think the people that are doing really bad with, with COVID usually have an underlying condition. Not always. There's some outliers. Um, and I think with those, a lot of times they just get too sick before they go to the hospital or seek treatment for this. I think if you treat them early, you can avoid hospitalization and, and get them get their immune system on track, and uh, maybe prevent a lot of hospitalization that are unnecessary. So I do think you can treat this as an outpatient, but you got to be kind of aggressive with it and treat early. And uh, I went over last time some of the things that you can treat it with. Um, so certainly, if you if you're worried about it, if people in your family are getting sick with it. Um, try to call and schedule a telemedicine appointment early so that we can uh, steer you in the right direction and get you on some medications that I really think are very effective for this. Keep your immune system boosted. Uh, take vitamins. I can't underestimate the importance of vitamins. You know, you see my new food pyramid and vitamins and supplement on my new food pyramid are the most important things that you put in your mouth. Um, so look at that. Anyway, I think that's the last question. Uh, so email me or talk to me personally or to one of our nurses or mid-levels and get your questions in, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Stay safe. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.